This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. We thank you for tuning in and listening to the Warning Radio program, a ministry of World Ministries International and Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Today we are continuing with the second part of Rev. Dr. E.J. Buckhart's message that he shared with the staff and families of World Ministries International at our Sabbath meeting, titled, Today's Challenge, Be Faithful, subtitled, Relationship and Calling, Being Useful for the Lord. Now let us continue where we left off yesterday. I'm going to read a poem that was given to me just before I went over there. It was written by Linda R. Black, July 17, 2013, entitled, Who Am I? And let me read it, and I'll repeat some of these more than once. Who am I that you are mindful of me? Who am I that you are mindful of me? Who am I that count my sorrows and disappointments from A to Z instead of my blessings? Who am I that I count my sorrows and disappointments from A to Z instead of my blessings? Who am I that you protect me from day to day when others far far more worthy than I go through unbelievable grief? Who am I that you protect me from day to day when others far, far more worthy than I go through unbelievable grief? Who am I that I still I still hear with your servants who are serving you with courage and valor? are taken home. Who am I that I am still here when your servants who are serving you with courage and valor are taken home? Who am I that live in a country that still has freedom when others die every day because of their faith? Who am I that live in a country and still has a freedom when others die every day because of their faith? This one I like. Who am I that I can carry a Bible without fear when others would die to have one page of your word? Who am I that I can carry a Bible without fear when others would die to have one page of your word? And I'm sure you've all heard the story that when they get a Bible in the underground church, they take it page by page and each person gets a page. That's their Bible. Who am I that I should take any of these things for granted? You paid a terrible price for who I was so that I can be who I am, a sinner by your marvelous grace. That was written by Linda Black back in 2013. 
Now the question is, now that I have been saved by grace, how can I be useful to the Lord? Maybe that's not the right question. Think about it. How can I be useful to the Lord if I'm not first in relationship with him? If I have a relationship with him, then he can use me. The proper question is not what can I do for the Lord, but how can the Lord use me to accomplish the work that he has called me to do? Let me repeat that. The proper question is not what can I can do for the Lord, but what, how can the Lord use me to accomplish the work he's called me to do? A lot of people, I think, in the church are just busy, busy, busy doing things for the Lord. Instead, allow the Lord to use them to accomplish his goals and not our goals. After we leave this conference, the Holy Spirit Conference in Seoul, Korea, having spent wonderful time in worship of the Lord and filled with encouraging message and challenge, how will we be faithful to him when we turn home? I tell you, the worship was just fantastic. I mean, worship was not just one hour. It was usually more than that. Beautiful worship from people from around the world. It had great messages and great challenges. Well, my question is, how are we going to be faithful to him when we go home? You know, we can go to church on Sunday morning or Saturday or Friday or whenever you want to go. Get all fired up. And you walk out that door and you go to work. How does it affect your work? That moment that you had, that uplifting in the worship before the Lord. That should go with you when you go out to work. Jesus saved you and I. He called you and I. He chose you and I. Now, according to Revelation 17, 14, Revelation 7, 14, we must be faithful. We need to be faithful to God's word, both the written word and the rhema word. We need to be faithful to what he called us to do. Therefore, it's important to know your calling and how does God want to use you or in me. There are many different callings in life. Some people are called to run a business and make good money and share it with the church to use it for God's glory. Some are called to be evangelists, pastors, teachers. Some are called to be servants. Some are called to be hosts. Some are called just to help out a prophetic person or an apostolic person. That's what we're called to do. It may be cleaning the toilets. Hey, big deal. I may pay my way through seminary cleaning toilets. There's no big deal. But you do things that God has asked you to do. And I could tell many stories about women who were very, very faithful and just doing odd things for people. And it touched their lives. That was their calling. God used them. And God can use you. In order to be faithful to our calling, we have to know what it is, and then do it. Not sit on it, but do it. Understand that before... Before we can be used for the Lord, we must have a personal relationship with Jesus himself. Oswald Chambers again quotes his, in his devotional, My Utmost for His Highest. We receive his blessings and, no, 
and know his word. But do we know him? Jesus must be our friend, and we his friend, and not just servants, but sons and daughters. John 15, 14 through 17, You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for a servant knows not what his Lord does. But I call you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father have been made known to you. You have not chosen me, I have chosen you, and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit shall remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. These things I command you, that you love one another. God has called us, he has chosen us, therefore we have the ability to accept that. And then he ordained us, because if you're just called and chosen and not ordained, in other words, if God has not blessed you and anointed you, you better wait for it, because it will not work. You need to be called, chosen, anointed, and ordained, and be faithful. First, to love Jesus Christ with all my heart, my soul, and mind. That is our first goal. To seek the kingdom of God, and the things shall be added unto you, says Matthew, in Matthew. But must have a relationship with Jesus first. Without the relationship with Jesus, we are useless in his kingdom. Jesus must come first before our doctrines, our theology, and our church affiliations and denominations. Remember, God is our first, remember, family is our first ministry. That may catch some people's eyes and say no, but just let me talk. Remember, family is our first ministry. According to Paul's teaching to Timothy, Leaders must be family-orientated. They must have good family. Asher Trader, Asher Trader is a Messianic Jew in Israel, which we've attended his, his uh, meetings many, many times. And I bought his book called Covenant Relationships, and something struck me on page 162. Quote, one who gives up everything in life including his family relationships, in order to serve the kingdom, will soon find that God has placed his family before him as one of his uttermost priorities. If you have sought the kingdom of God with all your life, then the first priority is your family. What was the first thing God created? Well, man, then he created Eve, and he created family. That's from the beginning of human life, was a family. What is Satan trying to do in our society? Every nation of this world, destroy the family. Destroy the family. I challenge each and every one of you, because in the busy society which we live in, you know, when all this internet came out, we're supposed to have more time and freedom to enjoy things. It seems as though we're busier and busier and busier than we ever been before. It creates a need to keep up with everything that's going on. So we need to take time. And I learned this, I spoke to you folks here before, they were sitting before me. 
that when Dr. Hans and I spent a time with a family in Israel, a Shabbat service Friday night, it's family night. No television, no phones, nothing to distract you. It's family night. You spend it with your family. We play games with your children. Dr. Hansen reached down and picked up his phone because he was just checking it, and she said, put that away. This is family night. I think we need to do that. Now, it doesn't have to be Friday night, but I think every family, Christian family, must take a time to make it family night. Now, we all know the husband and wife need to take a date night, okay? That's important, too, but it's also important to have a family night. Children will remember that, especially little children remember that when they grow older, a family night. Now, I, I, I have to ask for forgiveness because I didn't, wasn't taught this. I didn't realize this. And so we never really had a family night, but we always ate together and prayed together every night. And I can remember uh, Laura Ann, one of my daughters, had a friend over, and this is back 20, 25 years ago. And uh, we were having dinner, my wife and I, Laura, and Lori was her name. She was sitting on a sofa, and she made a comment. And she says, you folks eat together? Yeah. She says, we never do that. Now, I don't think that's a rare case. Now, when you are forced for husband and wife to work to make a living, that's not the way it was designed. I don't think so. The wife was to be at home like when I grew up. My mother was a busy lady from 5 o'clock in the morning until she went to bed. She was born and raised on a farm. My dad was a dairy farmer, and she would have him breakfast. She would have him lunch. She would have him dinner, and she'd wash the clothes, clean the house, and do the shopping. Believe it or not, that takes almost a whole day. Now, if the husband and wife are both working, they have to put the kids someplace if they're not in school, breaking up the family. When they come home, they're all tired, and there's a lot of things to get done. So there's a lot of things against the family. And for you people that are listening, please take this to heart. Why do you forget this whole message? But remember, do something with your family. It's important. It's very important to do things with your family. Don't let Satan destroy your family. So once again, I want to remind you what, what Asher Trader said. The one who gives up everything in life, including his family relationships, in order to serve the kingdom, will soon find that God has placed his family before him as one of the utmost priorities. That needs to be taught. Once you become part of the kingdom of God, family is important. It's a high priority. In the American culture, and somewhat with even the church today, the family has broken down and not been placed in that important position the Lord has established for the family. As I stated before, family was established at the beginning of creation. The covenant relationship cannot be broken without serious consequences to the church and to the culture. In America, the church is being influenced by the culture instead of being influenced instead of being an influence to the culture. The church is to be the salt and light. We are supposed to take dominion. 
Are you ready to be useful for the Lord in our families, in our churches, in our community, in our nations? Are you ready to be useful? Before we be born again, that is, entering into the kingdom of God, we are all self-centered. All action decisions revolve around ourselves. After entering the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God becomes our primary focus, not ourselves. And the family now takes on a different priority. Oswald Chamber, once again, his devotional states, quote, I am the spiritual saint. I aim of the spiritual saint to know that I may know him. That the, the aim of a spiritual saint is that I may know him. In Christian work, the initiative is too often the realization that something has to be done, and I got to do it. This is never the attitude of a spiritual saint. His aim is to secure the realization of Jesus Christ in every set of circumstances that he's in. It's not something I have to do that I must do it to show God I'm being faithful. But it's going to do things that God has set you to do. On page 194, he also states, We are not here to develop a spiritual life of our own or to enjoy spiritual retirement. We are here to realize Jesus Christ, that the body of Christ might be built up. We are not here to develop a spiritual life of our own or to enjoy spiritual retirement. I think this is where pastor says a Christian or a pastor, basically what he's referring there, never retires. You can retire from a physical work. I had to retire as an airline pilot because at age 60 it was mandatory. So there are jobs you have where you don't have to retire. That's part of retirement. But in the spiritual realm, there is no retirement. There is no retirement in the spiritual realm. The only spiritual retirement is when Jesus takes you home. That's your retirement. Question. Am I building up the body of Christ, or am I looking at my own personal development, my own personal legacy? What am I going to leave behind? You can't take anything with you. Now, we can leave a mighty word, because I'm looking at Oswald Chamber. I'm reading from him. I've got Dr. Hansen's book, uh, Science of Judgment. Yeah, I got the Bible. Yeah, you still have all this that you have available. So you can leave behind what God has done for you. That's a, that's a testimony. And testimonies are faithful. Who was talking the other night about testimonies. And, you know, I can give you testimonies of other people. And they're, you know, they're, they're enjoyable. They're enjoyable. But to touch the lives of people, it's got to be your personal testimony. Your personal testimony, when, when God has seen you through something, that is powerful. That is powerful. And in order to have a personal testimony, you're probably going to have to go through something. <laughs> you're going to have to go through some hard times. You're going to have to go through some sufferings. But out of that, if you're solid in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will gain something because he wanted you to be a witness. I'm looking forward to Dr. Hansen's daughter when she comes out of this serious situation she was in. I look at her and I say, it's three times she has faced death, the day in the trash heap in Somalia, 
the day she was in surgery here in, in a children's hospital when she was four years old, and now again. I didn't realize how serious it was that she was in the thing that happened to her. But anyway, she survived death three times. I think, oh, Jesus, we're in the grave three times. This gal is coming out, and she's going to be a powerful witness. I can tell her story, but when she tells her story, it's going to have a great influence on people. So we pray that the Lord's going to allow that to happen, going to overcome the enemy that's trying to take her out, because they can't take out Pastor, but the enemy's trying to take out one of his daughters. And uh, it's not going to work. All things are possible because nothing is impossible for Jesus. Nothing is impossible. Okay, we were talking about being called and being chosen. Now comes the tough part, being faithful. When we submit to the be used by the Lord, it is not out of blessing, but out of the cost of being useful to the Lord. One book I'd recommend to you is Bonhoeffer's, Dietrich Bonhoeffer's Cost of Discipleship. Tremendous, tremendous story. Great book. In John 15, 18 through 20, it says, If the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you are of the world, the world would love its own, but you are not of the world. But I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my sayings, they will keep yours also. Are we ready to be used by the Lord? Even if we are totally hated by the world? Then the people we know who claim to be Christians hate us. Are we ready for that? This is a challenge the Lord has given me to give to you. Now some more of the challenge in John 16, 2 following. They shall put you out of the synagogue, out of the churches. Yes, the time comes that whoever kills you will think that he is doing God's service. And these things they will do unto you because they have not known the Father nor me. Unquote. They mean here in the church or in the religious structure will put you out. Not necessarily the government. Watchman Nee got put in prison, not because of the government, but because the church didn't like what he's preaching. But nothing's new. Jesus says they will put you out. But he will be with us. Being used of the Lord can be tough, can be hard. But also with that comes all the joy and the peace. John 26, oops, John 15, verse 26 states, When the Comforter comes, whom I send to you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth which proceeds from the Father, he testifies of me. The Holy Spirit will give you power on high. He will give you spiritual gifts, and you shall do greater things than I. The good news, the good news, he sent the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, that is present now in our lives. Here we are, or we were a few minutes ago, praising God, lifting up holy hands, and dancing before the Lord. Remember, the battle belongs to the Lord. You know the story of Jericho. The walls came tumbling down. Now, did they do anything? The soldiers, the Israeli, Israelites, do anything 
to bring the wall down? Yeah, they did. They obeyed what the Lord said to do. Seven days they walked around that place. And then he says, blow the trumpet. And the walls came tumbling down. Now these, by the way, are stone walls. And when you go to Jericho, that, that, those stones are still there. The rumble is still there, never to be rebuilt. So the battle belongs to the Lord. So we need just to know that what he asks us to do, we do it. We obey. And for some people, obeying is a very, very difficult thing. I want to do it my way. We don't want to do it the Lord's way. But you know what? If you want to have the blessings and not the cursings, read Deuteronomy 28. You want the blessings, do it God's way. If you want the cursings, do it your way. It's really not your way. It's really the satanic evil within you, the demonic spirit that you have developed to cause you to do that. Listen, do you do what you are called to do and be faithful to it? Jesus is with you. Make disciples and take dominion of your nation and see the salvation of the Lord. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.